There we go. This is Chris from Chris Watches Pretty Liars. I had the wrong microphone selected. How about that, folks? Yes, this is a little bit late. Apologies, but uh, I have a new schedule this fall. Getting used to the ins and outs, and it was Thursday night, and I was like, oh, shit. I have not recorded my episode yet. Friday and Saturday tends to be a little busy for me, a little personal information. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to devote Sundays to like banking some of these and getting them out on time. So I failed. <laughs> I failed this week, but I have a plan, folks. I have a plan. I know I've been a little pouty face about season three so far. I'm a little more satisfied in today's episode. We get a big piece, a huge piece of information, which I actually, I don't think the show jumps over it, but I want to really zoom in on it. Uh, and let's just get to it. Let's just talk about it. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. Chris watches Pretty Little Liars. So he can help you figure out who's a... Season 3, Episode 3, Kingdom of the Blind. And as I said in my intro, I've been a little pouty face about Season 3. Initially, I was like, why are we having this random... Why is there this extra obstacle in the way of the liars? And I was getting a little like, Ugh, are we just delaying this thing for four more seasons? However, folks, I've turned around. And not only have I turned around, but I've turned around as a result of the post credit sequence, which infamously I've been kind of laughing about for three seasons. Finally, finally, in my opinion, we have something truly substantial in the post credits, which we will get to momentarily. But first, the previously on... We have uh, the Allison Grave, which seems to be our season three situation. Something was snatched from Allison's grave. We have the teeth necklace. Uh, Mona, remember, she's still in the hospital. Jenna, accompanist request from Jenna to Aria. Reminder that Emily has some bad grade situation going on, and Ella fills in the test for her. Lucas looking like Hal, running around looking like I do on weekend mornings. This earring situation, which I still find a little bizarre. The new A, potentially the new A. Jenna can see, of course. And then we hand down Arya's quote, bitch can see. That's what she says. I'm just doing a quote. So we cut to the school. Uh, Jenna is reading Braille and all the liars are like, ugh, we know she can see. And then the plan is hatched that Arya should follow through on this Jenna request to do the accompanying, accompanying me, accompanying me, accompanying, whatever that word is, Uh, because they're thinking this is a double cross here. Jenna thinks they all still believe her, which actually I don't even know if that's true, but all right, hey, you should go in there knowing that you know Jenna can see. Jenna, quote, doesn't know that, and so you can snoop around. That's at least the the uh, the plan. <laughs> Hannah, ever the <laughs> Hannah ever the muscle here says, hey, what happens if we push a table in front of her and see what happens? Oh, boy, Hannah. Come to the hallway. There's a quick chat about uh, amongst the liars about how Mom Hastings, which we find out her first name, Veronica, by the way, this episode, is going to be Garrett's attorney. And then we see Lucas being a rebel without a cause. Storms through. Hannah's like, hey, and he runs away. Uh, he still looks like hell. Hannah follows him into an empty classroom. And uh, she's like, what the hell's wrong with you? And Vice Principal Hackett gets a lot of screen time in this episode. So Vice Principal Hackett is like, so Lucas is like, he said, I've lost my positive attitude and my grades are shit. And Hannah's like, are you okay? Well, clearly he's not okay, Hannah. He looks like, he doesn't look okay. Then he lights the letter on fire and throws it in a garbage can. Caleb runs in there and says, what the hell? Caleb, or Lucas runs away. And they did a little zoom in on the garbage can. I don't think there's anything significant about this room and this can. But I'm so suspicious now of everything. I'm assuming maybe there is. Cut to the cafe. I don't know if this is the new spot in uh, season three, but kind of looks like it. Anyway, Caleb and Hannah are uh, 
having a chat about Lucas. And Caleb's like, don't worry about him. He's just going through his bad boy phase. Okay. And Hannah's like, well, Hannah's concerned about him. What's so interesting about Hannah, and I think this came up in my panels for the end of season two, she definitely has more, I find it so interesting for her character. She has a lot of compassion for Mona, who we explore quite a bit this episode as being who they all think is A and responsible for a lot of things against Hannah personally. So she has a lot of compassion for Mona. She still has a lot of compassion in this scene for Lucas, who, at least to their theories, was helping Mona, right, or part of it or something. You know, they all saw him with the Jenna team of Jenna, Lucas, and Black Swan, quote, really, Melissa. So she has a lot of compassion for these two people whom, is that the right word there, whom? I know, I understand the connection between her and Mona, and I don't know exactly why she is so compassionate toward Lucas in sharp, sharp contrast to her antagonism, which literally I made a joke about earlier, because she did, towards Jenna. A lot of compassion for Mona, a lot of compassion for Lucas, F Jenna to the heavens. So I don't know, I find that interesting. Like Hannah really cares about the people who matter to her, and yet that same emotional investment goes the other way if you cross her. So I don't know, I find that interesting. So chatting about Lucas, and she's like, does Lucas talk to you? And he's like, I don't talk to him anymore since I moved out. And remember, Lucas drove Kayla back to Rosewood. Remember that whole thing? So basically, here, here's the situation. Hannah's like, will you go talk to Lucas? And Caleb's like, fine. I don't think anything's going to happen of it, but I'm going to do it. And his request is stay away from Mona. She's dangerous. Not safe to be around her. Don't go there. So funny. He says, well, do you promise not to do that? <laughs> and she says, she, Hannah doesn't say she's not going to go. Which, I mean, we all knew she was going to go anyway. But it's so funny the way she worded her answer to him. I think even Caleb knew. Well, he knew. So she doesn't say no. <laughs> cut to Jenna and Arya in the hallway and here we do here we see the plan being enacted Jenna's like yeah I'll help uh, be an accompanist now what's so weird is that both of these people know neither one of them care for each other it's clear to me this is all this everything Jenna does this episode is entirely a trap she is always a step ahead of the liars I don't know why Arya thinks that they are ahead of Jenna here but they do she's like yeah and Jenna has a line look look it in the eye or something like that so after school, they're going to practice, okay? Cut to lunch. Uh, all the lawyers are there. Talking about, is Jenna careless? I don't think Jenna's being careless at all. I think this entire, like I said, I think this is all a trap for them. Allie's keepsakes is in the grave. So we kind of knew that last episode with the earring situation, but I guess each one of them put something in the grave. So whomever took this uh, grave site has those keepsakes. So they tell Arya, hey, when you go over to Jenna's house, snoop and play keyboard, right? While this is happening, uh, Emily gets a text from Ella, Arya's mother, who is also the teacher in school now. She got a 94 in the test, and already Emily's like, I didn't even finish it. There's actually no way I could have done that. And they, at this point, which I think is very good or natural, oh shit, A, a someone broke in the computer and changed my grade. I think it was Hannah who's like, hey, don't go all Spencer about your grades. And Emily's like, no, this is just like, this is another thing A could have over me. I can't, we can't do this. So someone boosted, she thinks someone boosted my grade. So cut to Lucas and Caleb in an empty classroom. Why Lucas is in an empty classroom, I don't know. But Caleb goes, hey, dude, what the hell's wrong with you? And Lucas goes, sorry. Uh, and Caleb is trying to, he's trying to reach out. But he's like, and Lucas is like, mind your own business. And he says some really vaguely threatening stuff. And Caleb's like, Hannah's worried. And he's, she's worried about you, Lucas. You know, what the hell's going on with you? And again, Lucas goes, She's got bigger things to worry about. He has this whole weird iceberg analogy, how it's flipping over and there's stuff underneath, like all this stuff, which is clearly about Allie and all the A shit, obviously. Caleb is like, what are you talking about? And finally, Caleb says what I say. He goes, was that a threat? And Luke goes, it was an observation. So, I don't know. Caleb gets into it this episode, by the way. 
He's definitely putting himself in the crosshairs of A. We cut to Emily confronting Ella. She goes, hey, uh, I think the makeup test was inaccurate. I th- you know, there's no way I did that. So she suspects someone altered her grades. And Ella's like, hey, don't worry. The test was completed. You did fine. And Emily's like, you don't understand. And she's like, Ella's like, I do understand. Wink, 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 wink. The grade is accurate. So Emily's like, oh, shit. Ella, what'd you do? Cut to the Hastings household. Melissa is cleaning up some ashes in the fireplace. I don't know if that's an analogy or a metaphor, but here we go. Once again, awkward conversation between Spencer and Melissa. Spencer's like, how's Washington? Melissa's like, fine. Very awkward. Mom comes home uh, and tells them both about uh, Garrett, her defending Garrett, which Spencer guessed that was going to be what this conversation was about. I have to say, you know, I'm a Spencer stan anyway. I think you all know this by now. Thank God she's on this show. She's one of the few liars who actually confronts people when she smells bullshit. So in the, she doesn't waste a moment. She, in the moment, she says, why are you doing this? And mom's like, he didn't do it. I'm his defense attorney. And she goes, and Spencer's like, why not pick any other lawyer in, law in, in the firm? There's hundreds of other people in your firm that could do this. Why you? Mom drops another bomb. Well, I'm doing this pro bono. And Melissa's like, oh, it's very generous. And Spencer's like, WTF, what is going on here? Spencer already smells it. So mom is saying to the two sisters in this room, she thinks he is you know, accused, innocent, etc. And then Spencer finally turns to Melissa, will you say something? And Melissa's like, what do you want me to say? And then we get our first bit of this. Melissa's like, I don't have any opinion. That ended three months ago. Okay, so pin it, put a pin in that. Cut to Emily's house, I think, that we're in Emily's house. Emily and Aria are having a chat. You know, Emily says, hey, I think your mom finished your finished my test for me. Emily has a very valid point here. A tracks secrets. Like, A's power is literally this shit. So even though Emily had nothing to do with this, now A could potentially have something on her. And they're talking about the new A, quote, the new A. And M says, well, things are different now. I'm angry. I'm angrier than I was before. Go back to the Hastings household. Uh, Melissa's drinking some wine and says, ha ha, tell mom I'm only drinking two glasses or whatever. And Spencer, again, thank God, she just confronts her right away. How do you feel about this? Did you did you tell mom to do this? And Melissa turns, of course. When, once Melissa's provoked, she turns off her little sweet smile stuff. Melissa's like, stop, stop doing this. Some people have lost everything, which is an interesting thing to say, which is on its surface what we think it's about. But I think underneath is something else. We'll get to that. That's my theory at the end of this episode. And then we come back to... Again, not va- not said outright here what's happening, but Spencer's like, I wanted to see you. And then mom told me you didn't want to see anybody about something. And then finally Spencer says it, which is what I'll reveal to you listeners, what I assumed was what they were inferring in the first two episodes of the season. Spencer says, I'm sorry you lost your baby. And then Melissa, and- Melissa says, Garrett is the only person who's always told her the truth about blank. Whatever that means, she says he's the only one that's always been truthful with her. That's the most awkward practice in the world. Jenna and Arya, and Jenna's on the flute looking out the window, trying to look like she's not looking. <laughs> Arya, not doing a very good job, in my humble opinion. She's looking around the room, uh, looking at stuff, and then she finds a post-it note, which again, an obvious trap. H. Cobb, 415 Wednesday, earplugs, right? I guess her playing gets a little messed up, and then Jenna says, hey, are you, am I boring you? And oh, let's take a break. Jenna asks about Emily, how she's doing. Arya's like, she's doing fine. And uh, then we talk about Mona, and Jenna's like, poor Mona. And Jenna's like, hey, everything has worked out for you, right? Ha, 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 ha. And she, she is vaguely hinting that everything's fine now, right? No, no, no more problems. So uh, Jenna walks away. Aria grabs the post-it. She, I, I remember my notes. She actually grabs it. Does she actually take the note? 
which I think is also kind of silly, but I think she did grab the note. We cut to Hannah's room for a liar's meeting. Arya tells them about the earplug note. Tomorrow at 4.15, Jenna's doing something. And then uh, Arya gets a call from her mom, so she steps out of the room for a moment. We talk about the Hastings situation, and they say, why is your mom doing this? And Spencer's like, I think she's doing it for Melissa. I think she is taking this case because Melissa convinced her. And then Hannah has a theory. Welcome to the podcast, Hannah. She says she thinks... Garrett and Melissa were together, which I agree, and that, and again, I agree on this. She thinks uh, Ian is not the father of the baby; it was Garrett's. So Garrett's really the dad. And when Garrett mentions medical records, they all assumed it was Allie, but he means this medical record will prove that he is the father of this baby, which is a great theory, Hannah. I agree. Actually, I have another theory about that. Cut to the hospital. I guess this is later at night. Uh, Hannah is there. Uh, Mona's running some sort of like group, like she's showing pictures to how much are the patients. So it's like the shared room. Kind of do some quick cuts here. There's a lot of quick cuts this episode. So we're going to hop over to Ezra's place. Ezra and Arya. Yuck. So smooching. Make you feel better. I mean, this is just going to happen for all season, isn't it? And Arya says, hey, would you ever help out a student by fudging their grades? And Ezra's like, what's this about? Uh, And then basically she says, well, I think my mom helped out Emily. And Ezra doesn't look surprised. And Arya's like, how did you know this? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, are they going to fire her? And he's like... He just kind of shrugs and she says, she needs this job. I never really thought of it that way, but yeah, mom does need this job. Cut back to the hospital. Uh, Mona's still doing her little thing and she's wrapping it up. Hannah and Mona have a chat. Mona keeps saying how her mouth is dry. Like this is like her thing. Mona says, uh, I knew you were there even when I was silent. Then Hannah's like, cut cut the shit. I know this is not the end. Why don't you tell me what the hell is going on? And then Mona does like a weird turn. She says, um, did they ever find what's left of Allison? Really weird. Uh, she le- Hannah leaves. So we see Hannah leave. And I thought we we're going to see Random Three Ends. No, we see Lucas. Lucas was booked for this episode, obviously. Lucas walks in. And it's clear he's going to see Mona. Well, he goes into the room. We actually don't see him talk to Mona. But even I'm happy to make that uh, leap of assumption. Cut to a coffee shop. This is the, the location this episode. Ezra and Ella are having a chat. Ezra's like, hey, you're at my spot. <laughs> are, we in, are we in Rivals now? Weirdly creepy, I was just like, this is where I take all my students to tutor them. Unintentionally creepy, I think. Or maybe intentionally. So they have a chat about Emily, and the vice principal wants to talk to Ella because he got a note, an anonymous note, that some, some grading practices may be in question and that she's showing favorable treatment to one or more students. Could be an A thing. Again, I go back to the previous episode. There is literally no way, no way... A, any A, would have seen this. I am going to put my foot down. There's a lot of magic in this show, right? A lot of ways A does shit that were like, oh, I guess A did it. There is literally no way A would know this. However, I will say, so so Ella was not caught in the act, right? However, if A was observing via all the hacked phones in Rosewood or observed, yeah, I guess, actually, yeah, I just figured it out in my head. Grading happens, right? No way A saw that situation. However, we know A has tapped a lot of phones, so there's already been a few conversations about that in the world. Now, you might have the timing a little bit off, but I think just people talking about it is giving A enough information to do this anonymous note thing. So, okay, we figured that out. And then uh, (laughs) I really need to have my educator friend on here because, of course, Ezra's like, I get it. He doesn't say he would do it, but he gets it. He's on board. And he says, what are you going to do when you talk to Vice Principal Hackett? And Ella's like, you know what? I'm going to tell him the truth, which I think is actually very noble of Ella, 
Her judgment very questionable in the moment, but uh, she's going to tell the vice principal why she she's going to tell him the truth. Cut to Hannah, and of course Caleb's waiting for her. He's arms crossed, very pissed. He's like, "Why are you why are you here? Why are you talking to Manhouse Mona?" Caleb, not not the best nickname for Mona, but okay. Hannah's like, "Don't do that." Hannah defends her again. Like I said before, Hannah's very connected to Mona. She wants to help her really. And even eyes of viewer did, forgot to input this in my brain. Caleb doesn't know about season one's A shit. So when Hannah gets hit by a car and goes into the, and goes into the hospital, Caleb didn't know that. So Hannah kind of lets that slip. And of course, since they think Mona did everything, he's like, "Wait, Mona hit you with her car?" And she's like, "Well, I I went over it, not under it, not 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 better, Hannah." And then she has a kind of a confusing analogy by about untangling spaghetti, which actually, as I think about it now. I kind of understand it between how she feels about Mona, right? I feel like her connection to Mona is a bit like a bowl of spaghetti. There, <laughs> I'm following Hannah on her analogy here. That there is an affection there. There is a. She said she grew up with her, so that's part of the spaghetti. And there's a stuff is in there too. She can't undo both. This is still Mona, no matter what, which I think is kind of sweet. A surprise to me as a viewer, Lucas comes out uh, like, "Oh shit." And Hannah confronts him. Hey, visiting Mona? He's like, yeah, what about it? And then he says something, again, I don't know why they didn't push him on it, but he says Mona might be faking all this, and it's better if Mona stays crazy, which again implies him to be part of this A stuff, which, I mean, we've known this for a while, uh, but even more implication that he is working under orders to, I don't know. I don't know what he's what he's actually doing, but then we have another, uh, so then we, I guess this is the next day, we have another split scene kind of thing happening here. We're going to be going back and forth between Spencer on the case and Hannah and Arya following Jenna. So Hannah and Arya in a car uh, watching Jenna. H. Cobb, 415, cuts into Hastings' household. Spencer is calling uh, the hospital for medical records. Back in the car, Hannah and Arya are chatting. It's revealed Ezra knows about Ella's thing, so Arya tells Hannah that. And the point is made between the two of them that maybe Emily is tired of this, quote, Poor Emily perception, right? Got back to Spencer, and she's on the phone with the hospital pretending to be her sister, and they say there's no record of Melissa being there. And then Spencer's like, well, look up Thomas, Ian Thomas. Cut back to the car, Hannah's like, oh, I should ask Lucas about all these things from the past three seasons of the show. She didn't do that, of course. And then she mentions Caleb didn't say a word on their way back from the hospital. So she doesn't really know what's going on, how he feels about all this. Cut back to Spencer, no record of Melissa there, nor Ian. Period. No no record of her being at the hospital. And so I'll jump ahead a bit, but it's starting to occur to Spencer what might be really going on here. Uh, cut back to the sting operation. A, a taxi pulls up. Jenna comes out. She hops in a taxi, and now we got to follow. So Hannah and Arya drive away following the taxi. Back to Spencer. She calls a resort that Melissa was at, and she says the checkout date was June 10th, right? And the person's front desk is like, no, she stayed three days beyond the 10th, with an additional room for her mother, Veronica Hastings. Come back to the school, Emily and Ella. Emily walks in and says, hey, Ella, I want to talk to the principal with you. I, you know, I think I should be there with you. She's like, no, 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 no. So at this point, Ella's like, I'm going to tell the principal the truth. I'll deal with the consequences. You're fine. Don't come with me. They both emerge from the classroom, and we see Vice Principal Hackett and Ezra walking down the hallway, yucking it up. And Ezra did this whole really flimsy cover story, if I'm going to be perfectly honest. He's like... I came in the room when she was grading, and the student probably saw me talking to Ella, and that made them think that I was influencing the grading. Hackett takes it, 
Ella and Emily are shocked. Ezra's giving wink, 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 winks around. Cut back to the sting operation. Uh, Jenna gets out of this uh, taxi, goes into this building. Hannah and Arya are in the car. They're watching. They're like, well, we'll give Jenna a minute. Then we'll go in and see uh, who Dr. Cobb is, right? And do that. <laughs> and then the most unintentionally hilarious moment happens. Jenna, I guess this is where she parks her car. I don't know. She comes around in her classic car. And then Hannah and Arya are like, oh, shit. Let's find, Let's follow her. Come back to uh, Ella and Ezra. Uh, Ezra's at the uh, soda machine. Ella comes up and Fonzies it. That's a reference for you, young listeners. She hits it and the drink comes out. And Ella's like, what the fuck? And he's like, I offered to hack it away out. He hates confrontation. He doesn't want to deal with all this. So I gave him enough of an excuse just to let it all go. Basically to satisfy the anonymous note. And he's like, well, we both lied for uh, for Emily. And he finally says it what Ella suspected. Well, Ella says, "Did you? are you doing this because you're dating Arya? And I, I forget if he says it here or later. No, he doesn't say it here. He says, uh, we used to be friends to Ella. Uh, I don't trust any of this. I don't know why. Uh, this all is very weird. This whole situation is very weird. Anyway, he, at least he says to Ella, I did this because, I don't know. I don't know why he did it, actually. <laughs> uh, well, we can find out later why he did it. At least I have a theory. Uh, we, we get the liars together for a group confrontation. Turns out H. Cobb is a gun store. And um, they're like, what's she doing here? And Hannah's like, duh. And then we get a quick check-in with Spencer about Melissa. And she's like, there's no records. And then Spencer says it. Melissa didn't lose the baby. Now, we don't... And I'll get into that in a moment. But that's what she says to the liars. Or at least there was no miscarriage on the day that Melissa says there was. And we find out mom is helping cover this up too. Jenna comes out. And God, again, thank God for Hannah. Hannah's like, no, I'm sick of this. I'm just going to confront her. All the sneaking around, I'm done. So Jenna's in her car, taking a damn long time to start it. Hannah goes up to the front. Jenna, like, starts her car and moves it a little bit. Almost it's Hannah, and Hannah smiles at her, and then Hannah says, a sight for sore eyes, lol, lol. Cut to the hospital, and we see Mona playing cards with somebody, and we turn out, it turns out it's Caleb, and she's, she's talking some random stuff, and Caleb is being a tough guy. He's like, you're big on games. And basically he says, I came, here to say, <laughs> I came here to say one thing, do not mess with Hannah. And then Mona has this weird smirk. He's like, you're laughing at all of us in your head, aren't you? Uh, he says, here's the thing. I get to leave here, you don't. Mona then says, you're a lousy kisser, which is, I don't know, on the scale of threats, it's kind of low. And then Mona like freaks out, which draws all the guard, you know, all the attendants to her. He slips out. Then we have a liars and Jenna confrontation in the middle of the street here. Actually, it's like a back alley. Jenna confirms some of the theories on this podcast. So she was able to see after the first operation, confirmed. Well, confirmed with a asterisk. This entire scene that we see the liars talking to Jenna I think Jenna is lying through her teeth because we already know some of this is not true. She says uh, she never told Toby, which we knew. Jenna admits to having Emily in her car, okay? And she says, I saw Emily standing in the middle of the road drunk and crying about Maya. It was about 12 or 1230. Uh, and then uh, she hopped out of the car and ran back to I don't know where. And then she says it. Jenna says it. The, the whole thing. The whole thing about her and all this A shit. She says, can you please keep this a secret? I don't want anyone to know because I'm still a target. She doesn't say by who. You owe it to me. You owe, all of you owe this to me. It's still about the firecracker of doom. So I don't believe, I don't believe anything that Jenna says here in this scene. I don't think, yeah, I don't, I just don't believe it. I'm not even sure. They're like, oh, the timing works out. I, I don't even think the time is right. But she does give a credible story, I guess, for some of them. Come back to the Hastings, I guess is at later. 
Spencer confronts mom. She says, why are you working on the case? So, so mom's working on the case. Spencer comes in and says, yeah, he's charged with arson and thinks about Maya. And Spencer says, I'm so glad you're enjoying yourself. And mom's like, you don't get to talk to me that way. And Spencer reveals it. There's no records of Melissa going to the hospital for that miscarriage. So what is said here is she was faking a pregnancy. Now we don't know. And so Spencer asked the follow-up question, when, when was this... When was this baby born or when, when was this miscarriage? That's not specifically said. But mom says, you have to ask Melissa. This is a huge moment. I mean, it is a huge moment in the episode. I think it has a huge ripple effect on the entirety of the show, which we'll get to in a moment. So we find out that at least so far, we can absolutely say for certain that the date that Melissa says she had the miscarriage is not true. Mom was there. Whatever was going on, she was part of it. So there's a little bit of an interfamily cover-up here. So Spencer doesn't have the whole truth, but she has part of the truth. I mean, we already know Melissa lies anyway. Anyway, cut to uh, Emily and Ezra back to the cafe of tutoring. Uh, she's like, why did you do this? Stop feeling sorry for me, please. And Emily says the question that I believe he kind of denies with Ella earlier. She says, would you have done this if you were not with Arya? And he says, probably not. And but she says, I'm not made of glass. So he does this cutesy thing. I don't know if it's cutesy or what, but he says, he says, here's a new test, different questions, same subject matter, pass it now. Emily smiles and starts taking a test. So, Cut to Mona in her hospital bed. She's holding the Queen of Hearts card. Okay. And then our post-credit sequence, again, finally, a very significant post-credit sequence. We see the bone necklace being made, I guess, or either a new one or the previous one. Someone pouring themselves a little bit of vodka. Keep that in mind for future reference. Sharon or Sharon and Sons is the funeral home. Keep that in mind for future. And then we see them unzipping the bag and they put the vodka in this ice thing for some reason. And I put in my notes at the very bottom here, no one in there, you cowards, show us. So what do we think? Let's start with that and then we'll go backwards. So again, let me apologize to you listeners. I was kind of like, poo, poo, poo. Why deal with this fake thing for season three? And it did feel like an unnecessary obstacle. But now with this post-credit sequence, I realize now we have the truth. Because Allison, of course, as we all know, is not in there. And we have now the threads for them to start to figure this out for themselves. Sharon or Sharon and Sons is the funeral home. So someone there is part of the cover-up, right? Whomever this person is making the necklace is also aware. So that could be bad for Allie, who is running around trying to pretend she's dead. And maybe a... Maybe the anti-Ally A people already know that, but now they know for sure. Or that could be Allison who did this to slowly reveal that she's alive. Either way, I feel like this might be the, to use Lucas's analogy, the tip of the iceberg to finally undo this secret that Allison has been faking her death. How she did that, I'm sure we'll see piece, piece by piece, you know, bribe for bribe, I guess. But let's talk about this uh, Melissa storyline which, to be perfectly honest, I'm kind of glad we kind of quickly resolved it. I probably would, be, would have been a little uncomfortable talking about someone faking a miscarriage or pregnancy, to be perfectly honest with all of you, for an extended period of time. That's a very serious thing, and a very serious thing people go through. And I would not, I would not like to, even for a fictional show, accuse a fictional character of something like that. That's huge. That's huge. But having said that, we get confirmation that, at least so far, we know for sure the date that Melissa says this happened is not accurate. Okay, so it was not on June 10th. Mom knows more than she's saying, and she says to Spencer, 
ask your sister about the details. Due to a slight error on my part, but also blatantly obvious to me, the black swan at the event at the end of last season was in fact Melissa. So the question I have remaining for my own theory is two options. One, the accident from the end of season one where someone hits her car and Spencer and Melissa are in that car and we see Melissa in the hospital. I remember at the time thinking she had a weird, really weird look on her face and I didn't want to say it at the time, but I was like, did she actually lose the baby there? It's never said, but it could be, right? It could be. Or the even bigger theory I want to lay out here really quick is that she was never pregnant. This whole thing with Ian coming back to town, him and Melissa chatting, them getting engaged, her being pregnant, all was an elaborate ruse. She was never pregnant. This was all in service to the Nine of Allison's quote-unquote murder because we know for sure, well, at least I do, because of a flashback. The night Allison disappears, Spencer and Allison have a confrontation inside the Hastings household. It is said out loud, Basically, Allison stay away from Ian, right? So there's already tension between Melissa and Allison, and Spencer's in the middle of it. I have a theory that Allison is doing whatever she's doing. I don't know how Spencer's involved necessarily. Melissa goes to confront Allison. Ian tries to stop it. Whether it's Ian, Melissa, or Allison, Allison accidentally falls and trips, right? Hurts herself. They think she's dead. They bury her. Ian and Melissa bury her. And of course, she's not dead. She, <laughs> like a zombie, emerges from the dirt, which I actually hope they do. I really hope this show shows us that moment where you see her hand come out of the grave uh, because she wasn't dead. They just thought she was. So she comes out. I have a theory Ren might have helped her, right? That's part of my big theory. So when he comes back to town in season one, Ian's like, hey, I've been getting some messages, which is Allison, saying, I know what you did to me last summer. <laughs> and hey, I need to look legit. If this shit comes to light, I need to look like an upstanding member of society. So could we get engaged and are uncomfortable with faking a pregnancy with me? Okay. Melissa's like, sure. I mean, I'm on the hook for this too. Harder to convict a married couple with a baby or a pregnant woman, I guess I should say, which is also fitting because if their mom is truly a longtime defense attorney, this is knowledge that Melissa would know. So that's how all that began. This entire ruse... Uh, and if I really want to be, I feel icky about crafting this theory because I'm uncomfortable with it. But the accident that Melissa and Spencer are involved in would have been a way to legitimize a potential miscarriage for Melissa. Now, why Ian attacks Spencer at the end of season one the way he does, I feel like is off plan. Or maybe he just thought he was going to get it and it kind of spiraled out of control. I don't know. But I feel like that might have been the initial plan of all this stuff. And then things spiraled out of control I think Garrett uh, slipped in there to to make the appearance that he was with Melissa for whatever reason, because he's part of this, right? I don't think he's part of the Jenna throwing him under the bus. I think that blindsided him. So again, that goes to my theory that there's more than one A faction. There's definitely a Jenna camp. There's definitely a Garrett camp now. If there wasn't before, there sure is now. It sounds like Melissa is on Team Garrett, not Team Jenna. Who Lucas is working for? I'm unclear. He's working for one of the other factions. Um, he used to be working for Mona. So probably there's a Noel Khan, Mona, Lucas group, right? There's the Alley group, who Ren's associated with, I don't know, but he's part of one of these teams. Probably Allison's team, actually, oddly. Meredith, she's part of one of these groups. 
Yeah, I think that's everybody. Uh, I've been Chris. Follow me on Twitter, Emmagoogs, Instagram, Emmagoogs. Occasionally twitching at Mac to the Gow. I did say I was going to do a Patreon. I have it ready to go. I just haven't, like, hit activate. It's coming, folks. It's coming. Um, I've said way too much. Mm-hmm.